0: Welcome to Central Assembly's podcast. Here is a message from our lead pastor, Kurt Jenkins. We pray this message speaks to you. We just want to welcome you. Once again, you can grab your Bibles and turn to Colossians chapter 3. We want to remind you uh, today, if you are uh, interested in celebrating the third anniversary of our Hispanic church. It's going to be right across the street at the Rock Student Center. Uh, they are delaying the start of their service from 11 o'clock to 11:30. So you're welcome uh, to join us over there. And if you're unable to come to that service, the celebration lunch should start somewhere around 1:30, and that will be held at the Rock. Also, uh, we are a part of. We are uh, in the midst of Challenge 22. If you haven't been here for a few weeks, uh, these brochures are out at the information center. You're more than welcome to Grab One. Uh, We're going into our last five days of reading. Next Saturday will be uh, not our last day of giving thanks, but it was a part of Challenge 22, a day of giving thanks, and we're going to wrap it up May 7th. So far, we've been through Colossians chapter 1, talking about Jesus being the only solution. Colossians chapter 2, we talked about how we should not be fooled by the chaos. And we're going to talk in Colossians chapter 3 today about discovering A new way of living above the chaos. Now, I don't usually read uh, this large of a chunk of Scripture, but I want to read all the verses that I'm going to preach from, and I'm just going to touch on them uh, throughout the next half hour or so. Starting in Colossians 3, verse 1. It says, since you have been raised to new life with Christ. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can use the one that is in front of you at the pew that is also New Living Translation. Verse 1 says, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. For you died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will share in all his glory. So put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, and evil desires. Don't be greedy, for a greedy person is an idolater, worshiping the things of this world. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Now, you used to do these things when your life was still a part of this world, but now it is time to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and dirty language. How many of you know none of those things belong in a Christian's life? A few of you do. All right. Y'all tired today? You, you okay? Yeah. All right. All right. All right. It says, don't lie to each other, for you have stripped off your old nature and all of its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you are a like, or, or Jew or a Gentile, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbaric, uncivilized, slave or free. Christ is all that matters, and He lives in all of us. Since God chose you to be holy people He loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. I'll read that again. Make allowance for each other's faults. How many of you know the church needs to do that more often, too? Make allowance for each other's faults. It's in the book. And forgive anyone who offends you. Woo! I'm not preaching on that. I could preach on that right now. <laughs> preach on that. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves in love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ roll in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. All right, let's start here. I want to start chapter or in verse one here. This phrase that says... Because we have been, or since we have been raised to new life with Christ, Scripture's telling us this. Paul's saying, set your sights on the realities of heaven. A lot of your translations say, set your hearts on things above. The New Living Translation of verse 2 says, think about things of heaven. And many of your translations might say, set your mind on things above. So what Scripture is saying is, to set your heart on things above, set your mind on things above, think about the realities of heaven. So what Scripture is saying is is this. Since you have already been raised to new life with Christ, your mind should actually be there also. Right? If our spirit has been renewed and our spirit has been born again, then our mind should actually be in that same place. What that means is to, to fix your thoughts, fix your mind, fix your concentration on heaven's realities, on the things that are in heaven, on the things that are of heaven. Now, Paul's not saying, you know, you've heard the phrase before, they're so heavenly-minded that they're no earthly good. Have you ever heard that before? It's an old phrase in the church. What they're saying is this. Paul's not saying, just think about heaven and that's it, and like forget to, you know, cut your grass and forget to feed your kids and forget to go to work. That's not what he's saying. He's saying the bulk of your time, your mind, should be set on the realities of heaven so you don't get caught up in the chaos of the world. Right Now in in most of your translations where it says, set your mind on things above, it says not on things below. So there's an above and there's a below. There's a heaven and there's an earth and we need to figure out the difference between them so we can set our mind on the right things. So when we think about the things below, the things of this earth, these are temporal, these are carnal, these are wasting away. They're not going to last forever. Now the earth has good things in it, right? I'm not here complaining about life at all. But in the things below, there is what is represented here. There's sin, there's chaos, there's confusion, and there's unbelief. That's what the world is filled with, with people who don't follow Jesus. So if those are the things below, let's think about the things above. What's above? Say heaven. Who's in heaven? Say God. Who's sitting next to God? All right, you guys are doing good. So if we think about things below that are filled with sin and lust and evil desires, carnality, things that are wasting away, unbelief and chaos. And then we think of things above, like God, Jesus, heaven. It's an easy choice, isn't it? Where should we set our mind? We're all things above, of heavenly things. But I think what we need to do is actually begin to make intentional decisions on how we think. Think about this, at every moment, in your day, you are thinking because I actually ask you to think about these, right? Okay, so when we're thinking about things, our thoughts are either focused on the earth, on the things below, or our thoughts are focused on things above. Now, the higher and the higher our mind starts to get trained by God to think about thoughts above, then guess what happens to the things below? They look smaller and smaller and smaller and a lot less significant. Now the problem is there's a lot of us, we realize we have Christ in us, we realize we have the Holy Spirit in us, we realize we're part of the kingdom, but our minds are still planted in the muck. Our spirit is like way up there and our mind is caught up in all this stuff. And Paul's saying your mind must catch up to your spirit. Now this is a process called renewing your mind, Romans twelve two. He says, do not be conformed. What? Paul's saying, do not be conformed any longer to this world. All the patterns of this world, all the chaos. He's saying, don't be conformed. Don't be like this anymore. But he says, be transformed by the renewing of what? Your mind. See, your spirit is renewed when you're born again, but your mind must be renewed daily. Are you with me? Born again, not born again, but can be renewed. In fact, Paul's saying here, If you are not going to be conformed to all of this mess anymore, but you actually wanna be transformed, from the inside out you will be transformed by renewing your mind. The New Living Translation says, let God transform you by changing the way you think. So we think that we have to have everything in life right and we have to have all this patience and all this goodness and all this self-control. No. Listen, if you're trying really hard but your mind's still in the gutter, you're not going it's not going to work. So your spirit is renewed, your spirit is getting stronger and stronger as you're reading the word, as you're praying to the Lord, but your mind must also still be renewed. So what that is, it's a process of repentance. It's a process of realizing, maybe I've been a Christian for two years, maybe for 20 years, maybe for 50 years, and my mind is still in the chaos. When I realize that, I have a choice to turn away from thinking about those things and start to focus on things above. It's an actual intentional decision that we make, that when these types of thoughts enter our mind, I'm going to stop. I'm going to take my thought captive. You're going to put it in prison and not let it go any further and you're going to look up and set your sights on heaven's realities. So how do we think about things of heaven? How do we set our sights up there? I believe it's all about focus. We have to live focused lives. We have to live intentional lives, not just being like we talked about uh, last week, just being you know uh, thrown back and forth like a wave in the wind. So let's take a look. What are some things above? What are some things in heaven? Peace, joy, righteousness, honesty, fulfillment, power, abundance, acceptance, love, self-control, purity, patience, holiness, grace, mercy, forgiveness, wholeness, health. How many of you like those things? That is what is in heaven. And Paul's saying, Think about those things. When you're sick, think about health and wholeness. When you're caught in an addiction, think about deliverance and peace, right? When you're seeing all this chaos, think about the realities of heaven. So what are some things below? Some things that aren't in heaven. There's no strife in heaven or sadness or unrighteousness or dishonesty, emptiness, weakness, lack, loneliness, hatred, Anger, impurity, perversion, impatience, sin, guilt, condemnation, unforgiveness, torment, sickness, and disease. This should not be a newsflash. None of those things can be found in heaven. These things are all of the earth. I'm not saying to ignore them. I'm not saying just to act like they don't exist. No, they exist, but it's where you plant your mind is what you're going to empower So if you're planting your mind within strife, sadness, unrighteousness, dishonesty, emptiness, if you're planting your thoughts and your mind in those things, you will reap that fruit in your life. So I believe that we can actually build our faith to renew our mind, to set our sights on the realities of heaven. I believe you could do it two ways. The first is to simply pray how Jesus taught us to pray. You don't have to turn there, but it's going to be on the screen. In Matthew 6, 9, Jesus says, this is then how you should pray. And he starts off like this. Our Father in heaven, right? It's a recalibration. Who am I praying to? Someone in heaven. My God in heaven. He's not caught up in the chaos. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. There's worship. There's an acknowledgement of who he is. And then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is where? In heaven. In heaven. So when you're praying like Jesus prayed, you're saying, "Father, may your kingdom come. Where's His kingdom? Where's His kingdom? In heaven." So you're saying, "May I'm praying everything that's up here in heaven. May your kingdom come, May your will be done down there on earth, as it is, up there." Well, if our mind isn't set up there, then we're not going to know how to pray, and we're not going to have faith to pray it. Are you with me? the more our eyes get focused up there, the more our mind gets focused up there, then we'll realize what I'm going through in my life is not a reality of heaven. This does not exist. This worry, this strife, this depression, this anxiety, this inability to sleep, this addiction, this doesn't exist in heaven. So if I'm thinking about these things and I'm worrying about these things and my mind's focused on these things, then it's not going to see breakthrough in our life. So we could be walking through something. And some people say, you're ignoring it. No, 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 Listen, when you're walking through the chaos and the muck of earth, but your mind is set on things above, your faith grows to actually see his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You actually see heaven superimposed into your chaos. How many of you know when God's kingdom comes, this stuff can't last? I and mean, when his kingdom comes, it's not. Something has to change when his kingdom shows up. So that's how we pray. The second, very simple thing I think we, can, we have to realize is this. If you're a Christian and that was heaven, you're already seated up there spiritually. And we forget that. In Ephesians 2.6, it says, he raised us up from the dead along with Christ and he seated us with him. So, God seated us with Jesus in heavenly realms because we are united with Christ Jesus. Like, we, we, I'm just waiting here because this is like some people are like, well, okay, I'm seated up here. No, listen, we are called, we are commissioned to do kingdom ministry every breath that we have on this earth. But spiritually speaking, we are already seated up there. So if I'm already praying, if, my mind, if, I'm, if I'm being intentional about praying and thinking about the realities of heaven, and now I'm saying, okay, now that I'm thinking about these things and I realize there's no sickness in heaven, so I'm going to begin to pray. Now I'm gonna, I have faith that this disease can be healed. There's no poverty in heaven. There's no lack in heaven. There's no sadness in heaven. So this person that's been walking, you know, downtrodden and just, just, you know, as a victim in life, my faith can be built that God's going to bring them breakthrough because I can see that sadness does not exist in heaven. So now I'm praying, God, everything that's in heaven, I want you to just come and blast this person with your love and your power, okay? But I'm not doing it screaming up, God, will you please hear me? if I'm praying the right prayer and I realize I'm actually already seated way up here with Christ, then God's not as far as we think he is. We just have to change the way we think. Because Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father and spiritually speaking, we are seated with Christ. I was thinking this morning, I don't know if we're sitting on his lap, if we're next to him, I don't know where we are with him, but we're seated with Christ in heavenly realms. God is not as far as you think. So spiritually, we're already seated there. And he's telling us we have to get our minds up there also. Verse five, it says, put to death, put to death the sinful earthly things lurking within you. Have nothing to do with all these things. Now this is interesting because later on, he says in verse nine, don't lie to each other for you have stripped off. You've taken off your old sinful nature and all of its wicked deeds. There's two realities going on here. He's saying this. Your old nature is dead. It's gone. It was crucified with Christ, okay? That's the old nature, your unregenerated spirit. So when you say yes to Jesus and you begin to follow him as your Lord and your Savior, you get a new spirit. Your spirit gets regenerated, renewed. So he's saying you already stripped off Your old nature. Now you have to get rid of all this stuff. Get rid of your stinking thinking, is what he's saying. And that's why we still see so many Christians, people who are following Jesus, bound in the things of this world. It's because their minds are focused on this stuff and we actually don't believe we can get over it. We don't believe that we can live above it. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. If we realize that, but we're still walking in the chaos of this earth, then our mind isn't being renewed. So Paul's saying, put to death all this stuff. It's time to strip this stuff off. In verse eight, he says, it's time to get rid of. Like, it's time now to get rid of anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander. You can't get rid of it by trying really hard not to get mad anymore. Do you understand? Have you ever, like, tried really hard not to sin? Like it almost empowers the sin because you're thinking about the sin. I'm not going to do this bad thing. I'm not going to do this bad thing. I'm not going to have dirty laundry in my life anymore. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. Oh, I do still. He's not saying try really hard to not do it. He's saying strip it off. Take it off. I mean, think about the last time you were like completely filthy and mud, muddy, just covered in filth. You didn't like keep that on and go to sleep in it, right? You don't sleep in your dirty clothes and then wake up and then just go back to work in your dirty clothes. Maybe some of you need to because of your work, I don't know. But that's not the norm. So whatever is filthy and dirty and useless to you now, you are called to strip it off. So what does that mean? That means you're laying it down at the cross. You're surrendering it to Jesus. You're saying, I can't do this on my own. So I know my spirit's renewed. I can't do this. So you're taking off the old self. You're taking off this nature and your eyes are set on heavenly realms. It doesn't say to walk in guilt and condemnation for the next six years about the mistakes you've made. He says, put it to death and focus your sights on heavenly realms. And in verse 10, he says this, put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like Him. So think about this. He's saying, guys, you got to get your minds set on the right things. You got to look up. You got to look up, not down. Think about things that are above, not below. Heavenly realities, not the earth. Then he's saying, strip this stuff off, put it to death. No more patience for it. No more acceptance of it. Today's the day. We don't have to work our way out of this. You could say to the Lord right now, today's the day. I'm laying this stuff down. I'm stripping it off. And I believe that I'm going to set my sights, my realities on things above. And I will walk in victory over it through the leading and the presence of the Holy Spirit. So Paul doesn't even stop there. After we strip this stuff off, he says, now put on your new nature. There's an awareness that you're actually putting on a new nature, because your old nature is dead. I said it several months ago. A lot of times what we do is we try to resurrect a dead man. Your old nature's dead. He should stay in the grave. Some of us, we sit there and we stare at the grave. Come on, come on. And you talk to this thing that's dead. And our mind is focused on where we used to be instead of where we should be going. So it's intentional thought process of thinking of the heaven's realities as the Holy Spirit leads you. Now, I like this because he says, be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. Did you see here, Paul's not saying learn to know about your creator. Like God's not interested if, if you have like the one sheet, 10 facts about God that I've memorized. Memorizing scripture is important and it gets, you, it, gets it in you. I'm saying you're not supposed to just know a bunch of facts about God, you're supposed to know God. You're not just supposed to know about the book, you're supposed to know the author. Because what happens is this, he says, as you are learning to know the creator, what is the result? Anybody can call it out. You be, thank you, Sarah. You become like him. So you can't learn the creator and about the creator and learn to know him more and more and not become more like him your mind will absolutely be trained to think his thoughts. So then what you find is that your lifestyle starts, things start dropping off your lifestyle, right? Because you're not trying to fix yourself anymore. You're trying to strip yourself of all the old You're trying to focus on what's in heaven, become more like him, and you find yourself no longer living in the dirt and the muck and the chaos, and you've just found yourself a new way to live above the chaos. See, I don't even have to try to stop doing this stuff. It's because your mind is renewed and you've been transformed because of it. In verse 12, it says, "'Since God has chosen you to be holy people he loves, "'you must clothe yourselves.'" with tender heart and mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So Paul's saying, put on the new nature. In fact, I'll tell you what these clothes look like. And then he lists them for us. Again, we can't just say, I'm going to choose to be merciful. I'm gonna choose to be loving. I'm gonna choose to be tender. We can't choose those things. We say, I now choose to put on the clothing and I choose to look up to him. And I choose to walk in that. And then he empowers us to live in that. Does that make sense? I can't wake up one day and just say, I'm I'm tender now. Right? Some of you wake up like, I'm merciful? No, not not that one. You scratch it out of your Bible and stuff. Right? It's we're clothing ourselves with Christ and he is making us these things. I want us to watch a video of Amanda Partizotti. Amanda, you want to raise your hand? I'm not going to embarrass you. Okay, that's all. That's all. I won't make you stand up or anything. I want you to watch a... Uh, a short testimony of real life example of how someone stripped off the old and is being clothed with the new go ahead
1: so I grew up in a very non-religious household when I was about sixteen, I started to hang out with like a different crowd, getting more into like a you know a partying lifestyle and it was dangerous and it wasn't something that I was accustomed to, so it was you know appealing um, when I was 17, I became pregnant. For a while, I was just really angry and in a negative space, and I just didn't, I didn't know my way. I couldn't find my way. Um, and then my friend got me a job. Uh, I was really excited about it. I was finally getting into a field I wanted to get into. And she would talk to me about Christ and, um, you know, the things that He did for her and her life and how He changed her life. And, you know, finally after her convincing, I came to a service. So that was my first church experience, Um, the first time i ever been to a church service. Even as a child, I never went to church, not one time. I definitely changed my way. I viewed everything, because I felt that. I felt it in me when I first came. I knew that he was forgiving and that you know everything that I may have done in my past that he would forgive me for and that he was always there for me I just never reached out to him and that he could always guide me in the right direction he was always there for me to talk to if I needed him and I just finally realized that I never knew that before and after that it just I loved it and I just kept coming back and about you know three months in um, I gave myself to Christ and I just kind of took a, a look around at the people in my life and I realized that there were some people in my life that maybe didn't have the best intentions for me or my family so I decided, you know, it's unfortunately it's time for those people to be cut out. I wasn't going to surround myself with them anymore so I just made the choice of, you know, telling them it's time to, you know, move on. Um, so, about three months of attending church, that's when I decided to give my heart to Jesus. in February, a few months later, I was water baptized. So when I was baptized, I really didn't know what to expect. I thought maybe you know it was just kind of my next step in my journey um, of you know with God, but uh, I realized once it happened, you know, once I was baptized and I came out of the water that it was much more than just like a next step, that it truly was like my rebirth and I felt like all that wash off of me, like the guilt and the sin and the past and all of that just wash away. I, think I definitely felt something after. It wasn't what I expected. I just feel like now that I'm on the right path and that I will grow with him, like the more I get closer to him, the more I learn the word, just everything. The more I learn about him, the further I can go. And I feel like the closer I get with him, the more he shows me every day. Every day, it's like something different. I became a member uh, in March of this year. I know that I'm heading in the right path and I know that my journey is gonna continue. So it's exciting. It really will change your life. If you open up your heart to God, Like it will change everything. And it'll just lift a weight off your shoulders that you could never, you might never have thought that could have ever be lifted off of you. It could be gone if you just open yourself to Him. My name's Amanda, and this is my story.
0: That's just one living example, one living example that shows we are putting to death everything that this world has to offer. We are stripping away everything that we've walked in and we are clothing ourselves with mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. In fact, in verse 14 of Colossians chapter three, it says, above all, clothe yourselves with love which binds us all together in perfect harmony. See, what I believe is is as we continue to set our sights on things above and we realize the realities of heaven and we realize that there isn't strife, there isn't chaos, there isn't any of these things that are found in heaven, we'll continue to go higher and higher and higher. And we will receive the clothing that we're supposed to put on. But I think one thing that we forget is that we're not going higher and higher and higher just to stay up there. That is our destiny. But I believe the Lord wants to close us with these things so we actually bring the clothes back down to earth. And we actually put these things on and we take the gift that we've been given. And we actually put these on. And we wear around in the spirit realm something that is clean and pure and holy and life-giving. And we don't say, "Ooh, look at that. No, we come back into this space but now living above the chaos so that we can minister in purity, in holiness, and in cleanliness. Also in confidence and in power and above all else, love for the rest of the world that is walking in the midst of this chaos. I want you to stand at this time. We're gonna close with just one single song. And this, if I, listen, if I could have all several hundred of you walk up the ladder, you'd probably, half of you would say no. I probably would too. I would put you all on the ladder just to be able to look up. But this is our ladder. This is our our ladder today is the altar. And my simple request is, is this. If you know, if there's something in your life that you want to strip off, you want to lay at the foot of the cross and be done with, not fight with it anymore, but actually surrender it to God. Or if there's something in your life that you know you need to refocus your thoughts, Maybe you're not walking in sin, but you know you have not had your mind set on things above and your heart set on things above, then I just want you to come forward and seek the Lord. I'm gonna ask that our altar team, you can actually make your way down now. We're gonna enter into a song. If you want prayer, come to one of the individuals that are there. If you just wanna seek God, then just come and seek God. But this is an opportunity today to surrender, put to death, strip off, put down away from you things that you no longer want in your life. And it's also an opportunity just for the renewing of the mind. Say, God, I want you to transform my mind. So why don't you come forward as we pray. Father, this morning we do stand in awe of you. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would still continue to work in these altars as we put things to death, as we strip them off, as we clothe ourselves with the very nature of God that we've been created to host and walk in and live in. Father, I pray that you would equip this body, this church family, those who call central their home, I pray that you would equip us and empower us with the ability to set our minds on the realities of heaven, to set our thoughts on things above, that people in the workplaces in Washington County, in this area, people in the midst of the sports, athletic leagues, God, that they would see something different in our lives and that we would simply point to you. Father, they begin to ask us why the same problems don't bother us the way they bother them, why things don't constrict us like they're constricting them. Father, we would have a testimony to point to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior because we've been transformed by the renewing of our minds. Holy Spirit, have your way with our minds today. And let us look to you, the realities of heaven instead of the realities of this earth. Father, we pray for your blessing upon each person as we go today. We pray, Father, that we would truly live above the chaos. In Jesus' name we pray. Can you say amen? Amen. 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 If you're still praying at the altar, continue to pray. Have a great day. Thank you for joining us. Be sure to check us out on the web at centralconnect.org.